Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub. We are on our podcast, in fact, Connection Loop. And uh, I'm here with Jesse Johnson. And today we're going to get into a topic uh, that I think is extremely relevant right now and for the future as we know it. So uh, today is actually a special day that I wanted to have Jesse kind of talk about. And then I think we'd like to get into a little bit of an exploration here. So, Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Excited to have you, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah, so what is today and why is it important? So today is actually Blackout Tuesday. So it was started by music companies and dance companies. uh, And the idea behind it is that it's a day of silencing entertainment companies and it kind of snowballed into companies in general, uh, silencing their voices so that uh, black voices can be heard more clearly. And then that snowballed even more into generally non-Black voices just taking today to listen to Black voices and to amplify Black voices. And while they're just listening and while they're kind of taking a step back, using the opportunity to learn more about the Black American experience and to educate themselves on current movements like Black Lives Matter. So Blackout Tuesday is, you might see the trending hashed out profile pictures or companies doing that as well. And that's why. Got it. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, one of the most challenging things right now, um, for people that are going through the process of learning about the movement and, uh, figuring out how they can be involved or be empathetic or be a good listener. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges is how do we, how do we learn? How do, how do we listen? How do we learn? And how do we express ourselves? during this during this process so i think you know listening is obviously a really important part of this um right what is your take on that you know i think that when i when i ask that question i think i say this from a personal perspective from an individual perspective but also from a corporate perspective because you know we're a company um there are businesses out there you know we cater to businesses and i think that even businesses now um, that are figuring out what their value systems are um are kind of going through this process of of evolution Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when it comes to companies listening, it really starts with companies learning and companies learning the context of the movements. And so it's easy to say like, well, just listen. But if you're just listening and you're not intaking anything and you're not learning. So uh, when it comes to a company and not just a person, the company really needs to step back and learn about the current movement, but also why the current movement is important. So that's that's a big thing when it comes to companies and social movements. It's about you have the opportunity to establish your values and in a way, in a more practical way to establish your brand and establish your market base as well. But when it comes to establishing your values, it's how are you gonna take a stand how do you want your people to see you? How do you want even your non-customers to see you? 
or do you want to be voiceless and do you want to be silent on things because even silence is saying something so what values do you have yeah i think i think one of one of the one of the realities about uh, definitely marketers you know branders you know people that are content creators you know they're always looking for a way to create content that's kind of relevant for modern day and i think you know with that right now comes a potential inherent lack of sensitivity. Sure. And it's definitely something I've been thinking about, you know, uh, because, you know, when you start to quote unquote jump on the bandwagon and start to create content around a topic that maybe you're not necessarily uh, apprised too much about or you don't know too much about or it's not something that you've ever explored, you know, it might come off as disingenuous. Mm -hmm. And I think and I think that that's that's a reality that, that we all need to deal with. And I think that uh, you know, what we're all trying to figure out is how I know I'm doing this personally is how I can just evolve. You know, I can evolve during this process um, and understand what what our what our new world looks like, our brave new world looks like. You know, so um, what is your take on that in terms of how companies can be more sensitive, um, how they can kind of figure out how to way to not be on the on the sidelines, not be silent, but at the same time, you know, not not come off as disingenuous. I think it's well. I want to at least say like focus on the current movement right now because that's where I feel like I can speak into. So when it comes to something like the Black Lives Matter movement, that's really um, being at the forefront of the media, even though it's been around since at least 2013. It's about amplifying the voices of the leaders of that movement and amplifying the voices of the people affected by that movement and who are working for change and who the change is working for as well. So when it comes to a company being sensitive, it's about pushing forward or amplifying those voices rather than the company speaking out and saying, this is what the movement is about. This is what we know. This is how we feel. It's like, well, let's actually step back as a company and amplify the educated voices about the movement, the leaders of the movement. In this case, the Black Lives Matter movement has three co-founders who are all black women, amplifying what they say, amplifying what they educate about. Um, and that's, to me, that's real sensitivity in not saying I as a company or we as a company know everything about this, so we're gonna make a statement about it. It's like, we're gonna put forward the people who know about this, we're gonna give them a space and we're gonna let them educate and that's how you can be sensitive. Does that make sense? It does, it does. And I mean, I, th I think that, you know, even this kind of forum that we've created here is kind of a, it's a unique opportunity for us to do a lot of things at the same time. I mean, one is to listen, to learn, to obviously amplify your voice. Um, you know, uh, it's it's not easy for a lot of companies to be able to to do this because we, yeah. we, we I guess we sort of created this this format where we, it's all about amplifying voices, you know? Um, it makes it very easy for us, I think, to do this. But most companies don't necessarily have have that setup, that arrangement per se. Mm -hmm. um, what are what would you say are some you know you as a writer, uh, you know what are what are some ways that we can go to the power of the pen to amplify voices? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there, you can do some really amazing interviewing. You can do some really wonderful. Um, what are they called? Not press releases, not ebooks. 
um, when you focus solely on a person and you interview them and you can post that interview on your front page of your website. Oh, like a, like a pro, like a profile a profile. Or, Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. I was like, press release isn't right. Yeah. Um, so when you do, uh, a profile of somebody and you bring in their perspective, you can make that the front page of your website, or you can at least make a link on your website about learn more about the current movement, learn more about um, And in that way, amplify voices and not just make it about what your company thinks, but make it about the current context of the movement to show that you're there to actually learn and you're hopefully there to let others educate and not just the, let the company educate. So doing profile pieces is great. Um, even making short videos where you can interview other people, kind of like what we're doing right now, um, are all great ways. Uh, even like making little eBooks that you can have your consumers, your customers, your clients download so that they are taking the initiative themselves to learn more just by clicking that download button. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, you have a very unique perspective because you're a professor at USC. Yes. Um, my alma mater, you know, fight on Trojans. And I think that, you know, you are a, a truly powerful voice right now because you have the capacity um, to, I think, fuel and to amplify and to kind of gear up, you know, the, the next generation of, of voices, you know. And I think to your earlier point, um, you know, we have one of the most altruistic young generations that is really yes. focused on affecting change. And there, there, there are people out there that are fearless, you know, and they are, they are the, truly the ones that are on the front lines uh, for us. And, um, you know, in terms of expression and protest and just being heard, generally speaking. So um, what would you say your perspective is, you know, in working with, with young people right now? And what are some of the trends that you're noticing? And, and I think most importantly, what is it that we can learn from young voices, you know, from from these these fearless people. Well, I think education. So within a college or university institution, what I'm seeing a lot of is the institutionalized racism and institutionalized white supremacy. So that is part of the education system. So these institutions, these places of higher learning were created literally uh, to, on the premise of domination, on the premise of supremacy, on the purpose of uplifting some voices and downplaying other voices or oppressing other voices, I should say. So those um, foundations haven't changed in hundreds of years. And even some of the things that we teach in higher education haven't changed. So the idea that you have to write and speak a very certain way in order to get an A in your English class. Well, who established that way of writing? And who said this is the only way to get an A is if you sound like this and write like this? Who are we sounding like and who are we writing like? So those standards, It's that have a foundation in supremacy. And that's really dangerous because we're still teaching that to young people. So as an educator and a lot of people in my field and also fellow educators are really trying to point out that institutionalized racism, that institutionalized supremacy and saying like, yes, we want you to succeed. And yes, unfortunately there are standards, but you are the people that are gonna change. What we teach is what will continue. 
So if we start to teach that you don't have to adhere to the systemic racism, we can change that, then that is what will go out into the world with these younger people. And we're seeing a lot of that already. So a lot of younger people are moving to the world, understanding that the standards that were based in supremacy taking into the world is what will continue. And so they want to continue something else. And then how does that parlay into corporate? Corporate America, corporate world. You know, I, I think that there, there are some there's some parallels, obviously, right? Yeah. So when it comes to corporate America, and this is me speaking as an educator, but also someone with some experience in corporate America as well. Um, there are also standards in corporate America, and it's about really being honest about where those standards came from, who created those standards, and who those standards are designed to support and uplift, and who they're designed to oppress. And if you're going to keep adhering to those standards, and that's going to make you uncomfortable just as a human being, admitting where those standards come from, admitting who they're there to support and who they're there to not support, especially because we live in a society of a meritocracy, right? If anyone can make it if they try, anyone can make it if they work hard enough, wherever you end up is because of all your own effort. But those structures that you're working inside of were built for very specific groups and it was built to lift them up and support them, including the corporate world. So people end up rationalizing inequalities because they think they've ended up where they are because they worked hard, which is very true. But it's also true that certain groups worked hard and were giving extra lifts. So as a corporation, as a company, it's about being honest about where those standards came from, where those institutions came from. And if you're gonna continue the standards of corporate America, or if you're gonna try and change them so that other groups have equity and equitable opportunities. And, you know, going back to, you know, this idea of amplifying voices, um, I mean, that's so relevant right now and, and so accessible right now in modern age with social media and with video and with writing and, you know, just our, the easiest way, this is the best time to communicate and to express yourself, right? So what would you say some, some sort of uh, actionable ways that, that we can, uh, you know, help people and to, and to amplify their voices you know, with respect to pain and with respect yeah. to strife and struggle and, you know, things that we're not necessarily comfortable talking about, either in education or academia or corporate, you know, there are some topics that we just, we just don't bring up, you know, mm -hmm. um, whether it's racism, whether it's mental health, whether it's mm -hmm. addiction, whether it's abuse, you know, there, these are topics that are just taboo. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the problems with, with, you know, I think the nature of, of corporate America or just general sort of small communities and tribes is that, you know, sharing things like that, sharing struggle like that is, is vulnerability. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a little bit of a, a paradox there because if, if we're trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, in air quotes and go through that journey, that the last thing that we want to do, or at least that we've been taught to believe is that the last thing that we need is vulnerability, where in fact, I think it's the opposite. I think it's the vulnerability that really allows us to progress and evolve and to be, you know, connected with people. What is your take on that? I think vulnerability 
flexibility and empathy to please sit inside your discomfort. It is uncomfortable and it is vulnerable and it's painful sometimes to think about these things and even admit these things, admit how we're part of them, admit how I'm part of them. And I beg you to sit in that. Like, don't run away from that discomfort. Don't run away from being uncomfortable because the more we pretend that these things aren't supposed to be talked about, the less room we leave for justice and change. So if you're a company that really talks about, I stand for this value and I stand for justice and I stand for change and I stand for perhaps Black Lives Matter, if you're not gonna sit in your discomfort, justice isn't gonna happen because you're just gonna keep pretending that everything's okay if you'd never get uncomfortable. Because facing these specific truths about supremacy and domination and violence are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, there's this- Because we're going to talk about it. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say that, you know, there's this, uh, you know, there's this idea of, um, you know, a safe environment. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit of a cliche almost, um, you know, when you're in a therapy session or when you're mm -hmm. speaking to a counselor or when you're, you know, uh, being judged or in some sort of a social atmosphere, that it's a safe environment, you know. And the reason uh, I think people say that is because uh, it means that you're not in a place where you can be judged, criticized, where whatever you say is not going to be used against you, mm -hmm. either then or in some future state, you know. Um, how can we create more safe environments like this, corporate, on a personal basis? Sorry, I think I lost you for a little bit. I heard not going to be used against you. Yeah, I was. I think. I think the question is really about you know how can we create more of a safe environment for people to express themselves. Mm, that's a good question. Um, are you? speaking from more of a corporate or company standpoint um, i mean where i think where i'm coming at this from is is from from a from an organizational standpoint when there's an when there's a group of of individuals it could be a company it could be a nonprofit, it could be a, just a, a team of some sort you know how can we foster how can we create more safe environments for people to be able to express themselves that's a really good question. And it's a really hard question because sometimes as much as you do to create a safe space, people aren't going to feel safe. So I think the first thing, in my opinion, that you have to do is decide whom the safe space is for, because there you just can't create one space where inside of it, everyone is equal and everyone is equally safe because the kind of safety that each person needs or each group needs is going to be completely different. So in each individual space, you have to decide which individuals it's for. So let's say you wanna create a safe space um, for black women and black women specifically. Well, first of all, um, does that include uh, safety for black disabled women? Is that the same type of safety for black transgender women? Uh, it's all very intersectional, but let's say you wanna create a safe space for um, black disabled women, great. So first you have to bring in um, leaders from the black uh, disabled community, for black women, black disabled women, um, let them do the speaking, let them do the educating. Creating a safe space means that you could have created it 
and still have to not take it personally that you may not be welcome there. So you can't get defensive about like, I created this space for you, so I should be allowed in. Maybe you're not part of that group that you created it for. So when it comes to companies creating this type of safe and amplifying voices, you could create those profile pieces and then create um, communities on your website where it's like, this is specifically going to be for people from this group where they can explore how to work with our company, where they can explore our, our values for this company. This part of our website is specifically going to be for Black Lives Matter. This part of our website is specifically going to be for um, Asian Americans and the issues that they go through. So it's about creating individual spaces, understanding that you might not be welcome in there, even though you helped create it, about bringing in leaders from those communities into the spaces to do the leading instead of you. That's mm. my opinion. And I think, you know, the beauty of this is that, you know, with this type of a forum and this with this type of, uh, you know, healthy exchange of information, um, you know, this rhetoric can turn into... Uh, new values, you know, mm -hmm. new corporate values, you know, I think that's what we kind of set out to, to discuss in this. And I think that right. it's difficult to, to just say, Hey, listen, we're going to take the next 72 hours and figure out what our, our mission statement is and what our corporate values are. Because by doing that, I think you're, you're sort of failing in the fact that you're not listening. You're not listening to the community. You're not listening to the public voices, but then you're also not listening to the, to the cohorts, the stakeholders within your specific organization. And I right. think that evolution and that iteration of corporate values is the healthiest thing, right. you know, because there's, I think there's layers to it. And I think it all comes down to vulnerability and people's comfort to truly ex express themselves. Because if we create a forum and we say, what are things on your mind? What are our corporate values? Where, where can we align on our, ourselves on? If we ask that today, the answer today might be different from what it is, you know, a week from now based on current events and based on what we're feeling personally, right. emotionally. Um, so I think that evolution process is really important. I think I think it's really important to just have check-ins, you know? I mean, it's yeah. one of the things that I, I realized that, you know, within our organization, I, I personally want to do a better job of that, to, to do check-ins and to mm -hmm. understand what what's the state of the union, what is happening, how can we do a better job to amplify voices, you know, create safe environments, so right. on and so forth. So it's it's very inspirational what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, there's 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 a lot of hashtags that are that are being thrown around right now. And I want to really under, make sure I understand them, make sure that people understand them um, just to kind of give them that respect. So, you know, one of them is just listen. Mm -hmm. And can you speak to that? What, what would you say that that really encapsulates? Well, um, I can speak into the context of the current social movements that are happening, especially with Black Lives Matter. So. Um, Just Listen as a whole is about, as an ally for a specific community, it's not voicing your opinions, not policing how people are expressing their um, your oppression, your voice takes center stage, but instead trying to create a platform where um, the the group that you're trying to be an ally for, allowing that group to do the speaking, to voice their opinions, to voice their grief, to voice their heartache, to voice their troubles. And you as an ally, literally just listen. You don't have to include your opinion. You don't have to say, well, I think this, well, what about this? 
you don't have to ask your questions. You're not trying to get education from them. You're just listening. And using the opportunity for self-reflection and processing without putting the burden of education on your group. And, th and this, this really ties into, I think, one of my concerns, which is this idea of a company or an individually, individual becoming uh, uh, a thought leader in a space where we don't need that or, you know, a policy recommender in a space where we don't need that. You know, right. and I think that, you know, that's this is a really powerful idea because um, I think I think all of the good here can start at least with listening. Now, it doesn't end with listening. Mm -hmm. There needs to be action and, you know, silence right. is an action. Right. Um, you know, there's another hashtag. There's actually these two say his name, say her name. Absolutely. Could you could you, could you speak to those? Absolutely. George Floyd, Ahmed Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Um, say her name, say his name. There are unfortunately thousands of names to say, um, but it's about completely remembering and acknowledging and using their names as an action uh, to bring to light the violence against the black community and to not forget them and not let them just be yesterday's news or flash in the pan, but instead to always bring to mind uh, the tragedy and the atrocity that happened to them and continually happens specifically to the Black American community and to Black and Brown people in America uh, from these systemic institutionalized industries and uh, police force and education and the brutality movements. So say her name, say his name, don't forget, um, keep going. That's what it's speaking into. Nice. Powerful. So, uh, you know, I, I really want to thank you for your time. You know, any any sort of closing thoughts, you know, last words of, of inspiration here for us as we go on this journey? Uh, please remember to when it comes specifically to the current movement and the current protests um, that were ignited after George Floyd's murder is to as an ally to not always be putting apples emotions. So, well, I understand that people are upset, but they should be doing it this way. It is not your place to say how people should express or fight against their oppression. It's your place to listen and it's your place to educate or to be educated, excuse me. Um, so when it comes to the people you're trying to be an alma, understand where they're coming from, and listen to the leaders and to the people being affected about how you can best be an ally instead of just saying, I already know how to be an ally. Really listen and really learn. And Blackout Tuesday is a great way to start with that. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're a powerful voice and, um, you know, we're lucky to be connected. That's so nice. Thank you, Ruben. I really appreciate you letting me express all this. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jesse. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah.